Hey, if I'm smiling like an idiot right now, it's because I'm standing right outside of uh, the bathroom window and my wife is bouncing up and down and swaying from side to side like a six-year-old trying to distract me and doing a pretty good job of it. Uh, our God is a God of new beginnings and a God of great joy. And so take a deep breath. Let go of yesterday. Whatever happened there, it's all gone. God can take care of it. Embrace this day. This is God's gift to you. Lift up your heart and let's find God in every moment. And therefore, the word for today, the phrase is be curious. I want to talk to you about curiosity, good curiosity and bad curiosity. We're almost a minute into this video now, and you may have noticed that your head has not actually exploded, even though the little headline that drew you here said that that would happen. Now, that headline is what is known, of course, as clickbait. And it was intended to be funny. Hopefully, you were not actually expecting your head to explode. But it has to do with curiosity. Clickbait uh, is a combination of words, a kind of a headline, that tries to get you to spend your time doing something somebody else wants to spend your time doing. And there's all kinds of now studies and articles about this, and there'll be certain formulas. Um, one of them is the phrase, you won't believe. You won't believe the dance moves of this dog, or you won't believe what this once uh, very attractive movie star looks like today, or, or it could be uh, a 93-year-old trainer shares the one secret to longevity, or... Uh, five foods that Swedish weight loss experts say you must not eat. I don't know why they're always Swedish weight loss experts, but somehow that makes it seem more real or more specific. And all of these things play on our curiosity. And in particular, um, what's often called FOMO, the fear of missing out. And I raise this because Curiosity is a very good thing. People sometimes wonder, is the Bible anti-curiosity? In Genesis 3, we've been going through the book of Genesis and the early story, and particularly the fall. And in Genesis chapter 3, there is this forbidden fruit, as you know, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent says to the woman, God knows that when you eat this, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You will not believe what that's like. That is the one secret. You don't want to miss out on that. And people have sometimes taken that to mean that the Bible is anti-curiosity. In particular, it has often been interpreted uh, as though the woman especially was curious and stereotyped and misused to train to uh, shame or mistreat or marginalize women as though they are particularly gullible or so. So, a couple of important things. Eve is not Pandora. You might remember in Greek mythology, uh, the original woman was named Pandora, but she's very different from Eve. For one thing, there are a lot of varieties of this myth, but in one of the oldest, a man named Hesius wrote it down in, I think it was the 7th century BC, Zeus is ticked off because Prometheus stole fire from heaven. So to punish men, mankind, Zeus creates woman, Pandora. 
and then she's given this jar and told don't open it and of course she cannot resist because she's curious so she opens it and all these evils are unleashed on humankind because of the woman because she cannot restrain her curiosity now eve is not pandora eve uh, equally together with adam bears the image of god Eve, equally together with Adam, was created to be a partner in dominion, was not a punishment of humankind, but a representative of humankind. And then it's also really important to understand that when God uh, issues this prohibition about not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it is not arbitrary. One of the things that will destroy your faith and make it impossible for you to trust and love God is if you think that God gives laws or rules for no good reason that are just arbitrary, like don't take the red pill, take the blue pill or so. The idea, of course, is not about the fruit. It's not about Adam and Eve's diet. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was expressing this reality. Knowledge was always interactive participation, um, that we are not to engage in evil, that we are to submit ourselves to that which is good, to the moral order that God has built into things. And one of the things that we'll all find with temptation is it will try to leverage our curiosity to get us to do things, to spend our time, to make choices that are against our best interest, against God's will for my life. Porn sites, you have to look at this. This will be amazing. Or if you're married and you're tempted to cross lines in a relationship, wonder what it would be like just to flirt a little bit, just to say this very complimentary thing or share this secret with this other person. Or I wonder what it would be like to steal something and actually get away with it. And then a kind of knowledge comes, but of course it is tragic knowledge, it is fallen knowledge. C.S. Lewis writes in one of his great essays on the inner ring that the desire to know what it would be like to be on the inside will cause us to do things, to lower our standards, to gossip about others, to betray other people, to do terrible things. Because I just wonder what it would be like to be really on the inside. Or in my curiosity, sometimes I will not honor another person. I think about pushing and probing in somebody else's life to try to find out something from them just because I was curious. And eventually they did tell me, but it was something where I should have honored that person's privacy. So there is a wrong kind of curiosity. There is a kind of forbidden knowledge, but that knowledge uh, is not the knowledge to learn and uh, to study and to examine, it is to wander into forbidden field and to know that which is evil and wrong and bad from the inside that always produces shame and loss. So I want to be aware of what's, what's the satisfaction of the wrong kind of curiosity? Where is FOMO likely to tempt me to become the person that I don't want to be? And to recognize I can live without that. I will not be the victim of clickbait either in the hours of my day or the behavior of my hands or the longings of my heart. However, set that aside. Curiosity itself is a gift from God. We were made to be curious. It is part of what it means to be in his image and to exercise dominion. We want to learn and think and question and study things after him. In the ancient world, there was really nobody who was more curious than the rabbis. 
People mistakenly sometimes think that religion is just the imposition of knowledge on the basis of authority. No, 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 no. Israel's faith prevailed because it was part of this great conversation questioning what is good, what's the nature of reality, and the rabbis argued with each other about that all the time. When I think about curiosity in more recent centuries, I think about a man named George Washington Carver. He was born a slave, but he had this insatiable curiosity. Um, one of his favorite verses, he was also a person of deep faith. One of his favorite verses in the Bible is Job chapter 12, verse 7. But ask the animals and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the air, they will tell you. Speak to the earth and it will teach you. Let the fish of the sea inform you. And that's what he did with his life. He tells this uh, one famous account of kind of his life mission that grew out of a prayer. We said, Lord, tell me, what's the secret of the universe? God said, that's way too big to you. Well, then, why does the earth exist? Now, God says, choose something a little proportional with your tiny little mind. Well, then, uh, what is mankind about? Tell me the secrets of the plants. Nope, still too big. And finally, he just comes down to, God, what's in a peanut? And God says, yep, that we'll, we'll go there. That one you can take on. And he took that little peanut into his laboratory and famously discovered over 300 products that could be made from peanuts. Pioneered crop rotation is credited, I guess, about as much as anybody with um, saving agriculture in the South. Became so remarkable and prolific and infectious in this, taught for many, many years at Tuskegee, appeared before the um, a committee of the House of Representatives in 1921 was told that he would only have 10 minutes to present, but they were so mesmerized, he went on for well over an hour, got a standing ovation at the end. This a life devoted to curiosity about a subject matter as humble as the peanut. So today, do not drift through this day on autopilot. Today, be deeply curious. Couple of subjects. Be curious about creation. Just notice the blueness of the sky and the sun and the plants that are around you and gravity and growth, how things work. Curious about history. Curious particularly about your work, about technology. And then be curious about people. When you look at them, study their faces and wonder what's going on in that person's mind. What is that person feeling today? What's the story that has brought to them in this place? What does God see when God looks at that person? And then today, be curious about God. What is God's experience like? What is in God's mind? And in particular, what is in God's mind for me? Why did God make me? God, what do you want to do with me right now? God, what do you want to say to me and through me in this moment right now? And what might this next minute be mean? What might it be about? Because this minute, just like that peanut, is filled with the presence and the goodness and the plan and the glory of God. End of teaching. Beginning of your day with God. Be curious. Don't let your head explode.
Thanks for joining us. My name is Tim. I'm a part of the team here at Become New. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each video, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Or if you'd like to receive a text alert whenever we release a new video, you can text the word become to the number 855-888-0444. If you have a prayer request, please let us know. You can text that request to that same number, 855-888-0444. There's a group of us who meet every day to pray over those requests. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.